Welcome to Eterna. Keep your dice rolling, your friends close, your monsters closer, and don't let the old gods bite. Hello, and welcome to an Eldritch Dream Games production of the Eterna Podcast. This podcast is made possible by our patrons. From the LCP D&D podcast, we have Tim Demuse, Wesley Sullivan, and Brian Bridges. From our sister podcast, Dustress, as well as the Hex Grid Heroes Network, we have Don Bewley. And also from Dustress, as well as Action Forge, we have Brian Rafe. Please stay tuned after the story to hear about the great projects these guys are working on. And thank you so much for supporting us. Okay, so while our heroes with not much of a question mark uh, are going about getting ready for uh, a wedding and and you know enjoying the city uh, prior to the sky splitting open, there are other forces and entities coalescing around starlight uh, fated to meet in their own way. We have Wilhelm Blumenkrantz, I think is how you say it. Yeah. Uh, w- would you like to describe Wilhelm? Uh, Wilhelm Blumenkrantz is um, a very straight-backed, military-looking man in fine clothes, uh, very well-manicured hair, clean-shaven perpetually, uh, with really the only imperfections uh, are the occasional scar crisscrossing his his face or his exposed skin uh, he wears you know uh, white as far as most of his actual clothing goes and he has uh, a long coat that goes over everything and kind of like a, a military style uh, but despite all of that and his uh, you know very uh, chiseled jawline uh, he he can really bounce back and forth between very uh, stern intimidating demeanor to being uh, your your friendly local officer uh, seemingly at random um, but he, he definitely comes off as the you know catch more sugar or more flies with honey than uh, whatever the alternatives would be uh, but of course he speaks with a German accent and uh, he tends to, every time he shows up, have some sort of different weapon or uh, some sort of military combat gear at his hip, whether it be fancy hammers or... You know what, that's, that's a good point about the German accent. I, I wonder if there's like a particular country or maybe it's just, just for fluff and he, he actually just came up with that accent himself. <laughs> It's just like, Good. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's the, the new hit fad going through sanguine. <laughs> All the vampires uh, are into it. I feel like it might be a little local to sanguine because you've got people spanning uh, from uh, quite a ways back in terms of age. So some some outdated dialects and uh, and languages and whatnot. Uh, do pop up around the area and you might have picked it up there 
Mm-hmm. He did spend uh, a lot of time in the military, so he's he's had plenty of uh, traveling time to to pick up dialects and whatnot. Who knows? He this might be a fake accent. We'll see. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, that's the Tim prim and proper, uh, sh- straight laced looking at least, and uh, generally friendly demeanor. So I don't think Wilhelm has any trouble at all uh, traveling through the streets of Starlight, uh, and is probably a fair bit within his uh, element there. Uh, next. We have, I'm doing this by the fantasy grounds. So next we will have Gareth. Uh, would you, would you like to describe Gareth? Gareth's description is going to be, uh, going to be pretty simple as, uh, all that will ever be seen of him is just a single suit of full plate. Uh, it's very well made, uh, probably like the nicest full plate anyone's ever seen. Uh, it is spiked and uh, has very, two very large horns coming off of it. It is adorned with a uh, red cloth kind of around the waist and under the arms. Uh, and instead of where the eyes would be, instead of eyes, there's just two uh, fiery red piercing lights. So, that is it, as uh, you cannot see what is under the full plate. I think that with any close interaction, uh, people would be able to tell that something's off, if not what you are. And given that Obscura is a country not too far away, uh, a lot of people would have an understanding that there are undead that roam the land, and as long as uh, particularly here in Noctis. Uh, so long as you don't start trouble or or cause any issues, while you won't necessarily be treated well, uh, they'll basically stay out of your way if you stay out of theirs. All right, and then next, uh, tell us, Chris, tell us about Coriander. So Coriander is a halfling. She stands uh, a couple inches shy of three feet tall. And um, basically, uh, she, um, I I imagine that like from a distance, she probably can be easily mistaken as like a, a dirty street urchin of a child. But up close, she has these, like, fierce hunter-esque dark eyes. And her hair is this dark brown mess of a mane that's probably all natted and stuff. And has, like, twigs and sticks and leaves sticking out of it. And um, her, her face is probably consistently smudged with dirt and maybe occasionally smeared in uh, a blood... Um, uh, leftovers from a prior meal perhaps and uh, she typically dresses in hides and ragged clothing and she travels with her uh, companion Catnip a small leopard 
who's probably a bit more well-kept than Coriander. Uh, fur not matted at all. Um, catnip's actually rather intelligent for an animal, I guess. But um, they're, they're definitely a dynamic duo. And oftentimes I imagine that her animal companion, Catnip, might actually tend to lead her along instead of vice versa. If that works. That does. Yeah. I feel like uh, Catnip and Coriander probably don't roam the streets of the city quite like the others uh, here might. Uh, but rather either keep to the edges or perhaps stalk its alleyways in search of something. A strange scent, perhaps, that is intriguing catnip but uh that the animal is incapable of really dictating to uh coriander what it is that they are hunting that sounds good to me plus it's probably been a little bit since they stalked a civilized location like a village or a city so that's good all right and last but not least fauna Okay, so do you want her true description or what she looks like while walking around the city? Uh, you can go ahead and give both. Okay, well, Thana is like 5'9". She has long red hair and green eyes. Uh, typically, when she gets to be herself, she also has wings and horn and tail because she looks like a succubus because she's a half succubus. Uh <laughs> But in the city, she tends to stick to uh, either elven or half elven forms with her, uh, with a change appearance ability. Uh, where she looks very much the same, except that she gets rid of or hides the uh, succubus features. She wears very little clothing, like seriously, just like a couple of leather straps um, and thigh high boots. And she always has a flail hanging off her hip. A flail? Uh, not a flail. Shut. Uh, cat of nine tails. Mm. Sorry, I told you I'm sick. I go, I woke up for this, and that's it. That's okay. Flails. Once you get into the black belt of BDSM, I'm barely, I'm barely functional right now, folks. It's a, uh, it's an extreme cat of nine tails. It is pretty extreme. Cat of nine flails. <laughs> no? Okay. <laughs> Good. <Yeah. Let's> go. <laughs> All right. So we will be starting then with Wilhelm. Ah, oh, wonderful. So uh, where where would Wilhelm be? Uh, probably in the last few days of the year. What would he be uh, doing? Well, is, are, are the celebrations in full swing? Is it a lively town? Yes. Then, then Wilhelm would want to be where the people are. That is damn near everywhere. Wherever there's more people, that's where he'd want to be. Seeing how the, the, the heartbeat of the town, so to speak. All right. So on the main thoroughfares in the center of town near the College of Starlight, where there's this rip-roaring party going on, students general townspeople and even those from out of town there's 
practically a uh, parade uh, going on constantly with these large and intricate mechanisms and and displays of uh, magic and and technology. You see one of the things attracting a lot of attention is this big, albeit somewhat clumsy, it seems to be some sort of mechanical dragon operated by a Namish individual. Gnomish, Namish. It's like, we have Amish? Yeah, I thought he yes. said Amish. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> oh god, the Amish have golems, run! <laughs> you like my buggy now? Uh, no, man, <laughs> Jedediah, uh, no! Um, jeez. Uh, and it's kind of like moving around. Uh, it, it's kind of like a, like if you go to like a steampunk convention or if you go to Burning Man, it's like one of those big uh, machine uh, animals that they do. Almost like, like a giant marionette. Kind of. Uh, cables and, and pulleys and whatnot from within it uh, as opposed to above it, but uh, yeah, it, it's a it's a complex series of pulleys and winches. Alright, then uh, I, I mean, he'd probably try and find uh, a decent spot with some refreshments where he can watch the show. They're uh, running automatrons around. He wants to see it. All right. So, like, there, there are probably a, a while back when these things first got into town, people were trying to keep keep people away from like the bases and whatnot, so nobody would get hurt. But at this point, nobody's got the time or energy to deal with people who've been drunk for three days. Uh, you know, trying. So they're just hoping. That nothing terrible happens. <clears throat> and I think something somewhat terrible does happen. Uh, at a certain point, a, a group of rowdy uh, people in probably their late teens uh, that look like they belong to the academy in some measure uh, begin to climb up uh, on one of the base legs of this automatronic dra- auto- auto- de- de- mm, this dragon. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you hear this, you hear the sound, this, this buckling sound. Go ahead and make me a perception. You got it. That's my specialty. Oh, that's a net one. <laughs> but a, <laughs> my specialty. But a total of 12. Okay. Um, so you would, you would certainly take notice of the noise and and its general direction. Make me an intelligence check. Oh, that's my uh, minor in college. That's a 10. I think you'd be able to perhaps infer that if they keep fucking around, uh, so, like that thing might break. Uh, it, it, it might break. So is, is there like an obvious... You, you said there's like a gnome that's operating the whole thing? Yeah, there's like a sort of like a little area hollowed out of the back where there's a seat and a whole bunch of levers and there are little like spinny bobbers and shit like that uh then uh wilhelm is gonna try and, and get like a little closer to the device uh just kind of like you know 40 feet 50 feet or so away and uh basically he's, he's just gonna kind of like watch and you kind of see him like humming around like a little tune that's kind of in 
beat with the stomping of this giant mechanical like dragon and then uh whenever the guy that's piloting this thing goes to make a particularly uh what's what's it's not not like drastic but um like eccentric movement uh i would like to cast collapse on him and uh basically it's it's a will save versus being knocked prone or i'm sorry fortitude save versus being knocked prone so okay. basically just just uh, arbitrarily knock this man off of his uh perch off of the controls of this thing right as the thing's about to make a broad movement and see what happens I feel like you've been watching long enough. He 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 doesn't have an exact pattern, but like he kind of like you start to see certain things telegraph. And he's about to do this thing where like the the dragon like lifts up one leg and swings its head from right to left uh and like a little like uh like primitive flamethrower sort of thing goes off and it it breathes up in the air and like you do it just uh, as that happens, and he gets, uh, he rolls an 18 uh, on the die for the save. Do I have to do math? <laughs> uh, I, th I think you do, because, okay. um, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, that's a 17, so, uh, okay. yeah, no. <laughs> then, in that case, uh, Wilhelm frowns. <laughs> <laughs> that is That is the appropriate response. <laughs> God damn it! By the end of this festival, I want to tip that dragon over. <laughs> just, just keep, just keep trying. Just keep trying. I, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, it's gonna go bad in a second. <laughs> how, how much HP could a gnome have? <laughs> that depends on his level. Okay, so Wilhelm is upset that the gnome did not fall. Yeah. So he's, he's basically. He takes like a, a dour sip at his drink and he, he just kind of clicks his tongue and uh, he'll keep walking to, to like follow the path of this thing. And he just kind of waves his hands a little bit as if he was like conducting this song that he has in his head. And uh, while he's, he's doing that, uh, I'm going to do that thing where I try and force the guy into my collective. So I, I want to network him. Okay. Uh, and that's, that's uh, the a gnome save. again. Yeah, of climbing? course. Okay. No, the climbing guys are are ideal. Well, he rolled a three on the die, and okay, math so... isn't going to matter. So I he's in the imagine. collective, and then again, he's just going to kind of yeah. like hum along. Huh? What, what's going the, on? Wait for the rhythm of things as you know the movements go on. And as the thing lurches, goes to lift up up its leg to like take a step or something like that, you're gonna see Wilhelm just kind of like flick one of his hands down as if he's like waving like a conductor's baton, and they're like hitting a crescendo. And uh, I'm gonna hit him with a drain health. Okay, um, and so that, yep, that's that's another will save uh, at a minus two, and that's gonna be a well, DC 17. That is, that is going to be a. Uh... It's going to be a net one. <laughs> okay. Um, then he takes 16 points of damage. And um, I would like to expend my, my focus and hit him with some bleed damage. And so he just, like, starts hemorrhaging out of his nose. No need. 
<laughs> well, I guess it, it will guarantee his death. Well, I mean, either way, he Wilhelm's like, this guy's going to spray all over the crowd. And that's much more exciting. Yeah, so he like, he like grips his chest and then his like fucking sinuses just explode practically. And like, a lot of people have no fucking idea what's going on. And there are some people that are like, ah! And so like a small amount of chaos begins to ensue where some people are like, they've got blood on them. They saw what happened. They're freaking out. There's, there's other people that have no idea what's going on and are just confused. There's other people like fucking like, why'd the machine stop? Oh man. I was, I was trying to get it to like him, him to like a heart attack mid stomp and like fire breath. So it tips over into the crowd. Oh, uh, there, there's something happening, but like the overall, like, uh, like the, the, the machine kind of like jolted, uh, when he released the controls, but, uh, gravity is starting, uh, to take over <clears throat> and I'm going to roll something. Okay. So the flamethrowery bit, uh, does not rupture or, or go off, but, uh, the support that was like bearing the load for the rear or left leg uh, that you had noticed earlier uh, finally completely crumples and gives way. There are a couple of individuals from the group that were hanging off of it that become uh, pinned beneath the beast. Uh, people are starting to back away from it and kind of freak out a bit, whilst others are like, oh, that's, that's bad, and I'm just going to go over here to drink now. You just kind of see that that collective like movement of people away from the terrible accident, and they're all just kind of like moving with Wilhelm being that consistent rock in the middle of the tide moving in the opposite direction. And he's just kind of like watching with his arms crossed and his his beer or whatever in his hand. Just ah, good day. Just observing the carnage. A lanky looking woman. Uh like pushing past you here as you say that and it's just like asshole it just it, it just turns around and it's excuse me what did you say she she kind of just keeps pushing away but she like she just has this like what the fuck look on her face uh and is kind of still looking at you as she pushes through the crowd just uh He's, he's gonna go like I, I don't know what the exact makeup of like the architecture and the buildings in the street are but if if there's just kind of like a spot with like a balcony or something that he can look down on everything and just kind of like sit and enjoy his drink he's gonna find like something in, in like range of this area and uh, just kind of like watch the uh, services roll out and see how the town flows around this point of uh urgency this this disaster this, however minor it might be you you see people come to help uh guards those with well wishes and and, and strong senses of uh wanting to help and whatnot and th they'll come down they they try and help the uh the people who are pinned and uh retrieve the now dead gnome it actually seems to in a way, heal over rather quickly uh, within probably about half an hour, with the exception of the automaton itself being immobilized. Uh, 
things seem to continue on, as it were. Just kind of start talking to the the nearest bar goer next to Wilhelm, and he just says, "It's it's amazing how uh, similar the people of a town can be to the human body." Uh, you see some harm come to the collective, and the bits and bobs come in rushing to help to heal the wound. Truly great how has these people come together, yes? Especially in a time like this. Yeah, it's good to see people like that around sometimes. Are, are you from the area? Uh, no, I'm from... I'm from a bit further north. Town called Turg. Turg? Oh, is it a nice place to visit? It's little, but we do all right. It's a nice little place. Oh, I've been traveling for some time. Uh, the big cities are nice, but uh, I think some some backcountry towns might be worth a stop. You said it's north of here. Yeah, you head out the north gate, follow the north road for a little while, and it'll be off. Uh, there's a there's a road sign that'll point you off in the right direction. Uh, it's a little bit west of the main road. If you're on foot, it's it's only about two hours. If you're on horseback, about half that. Ah, Bornaba. Well, if I happen to find myself in this area, uh, who may I say has sent me? And he just kind of like holds his hand out for a handshake to this man. Name is Bartholomew, but you can call me Bart. Ah, Bart. I'm sure you're very beloved. Uh, with, with your little town, uh, I can't wait to see the sights. Well, we're a pretty tight-knit community. It'd be nice to have some visitors around. And he just kind of like holds out his mug to like clink with the man. He returns in kind. So, uh... He, he just kind of continues observing the flow of people, sights and sounds, and, you know, if, if there's important people walking by, anybody that people are paying attention to, and, and so on, just kind of trying to put his, his hand on the, the pulse of how the town moves and flows and who's doing what. I think as we fade from Wilhelm's perspective a little bit, as, as we do so, he's taking note of a particular woman walking the street whom everybody seems to be giving a little bit more attention to. But we shall fade away from that for now. And where do we think that, uh, that Gareth is right now? What is Gareth doing? Right now, he would probably just kind of be wandering the streets. Uh, which one thing I did forget to note when uh, giving his description, because I didn't think of it at the time, he has a very large coin pouch just kind of sitting on his uh, on his hip. Although it is full of fake coins, it is still very prominent, very noticeable. Uh, but he's just kind of waiting for somebody to, to fuck with him. Really, he's just kind of walking down the street waiting for something to happen. Does he seek out a particularly, uh, like, a, a part of town that, that leans one way or the other towards either good targets, CD in general, anything like that? 
Uh, I mean, if there's a known part of town that's like, hey, if you go to this part of town, you might get jumped, or hey, you know, he'd go there. Alright. Uh, go ahead and give me a diplomacy check with a minus four. Thirteen. Thirteen. Okay. I think you would have been able to, uh, ask somebody, uh, what parts of town you should avoid to know exactly where to go. So... Whilst wandering through this area, I'd like you to make a perception check. I'm not very good at those. You don't need to be. Uh, 31. Did you say 31? Yeah, 31. God, fucking, yeah. Some people have all the luck. I mean, I rolled an 18. You notice the thief, before he even tries to take anything, you see him coming. Okay, uh, let's see, what's the way to do this? He would wait until, uh, he puts his hand on it, you know, like, as soon as he touches it, mm-hmm. and then he's basically just gonna try and kill him. Just attack. If possible, just cut off his arm. If the rest of him goes with it, yeah, whatever. Alright, uh, I take it you don't have your weapon out and ready? Uh, it, he usually is actually carrying it, because it doesn't really matter to him. Okay. <laughs> Unless there's a situation where it doesn't make sense for him to be carrying it, he would be carrying it. Alright. Alright, go ahead and give me an initiative roll. Like, really, the only way he wouldn't be carrying it is if his hands are occupied with something else where his initiative at. There it is. Uh, or he's in a place where they're like, you're not allowed to have your weapons out. Eight! Holy crap. I think... Even with you being prepared for it, uh, this guy is uh, abnormally quick, uh, you'd think. Uh, He's just... Maybe he... Maybe he kind of saw that you were were gearing to go. Uh, And so he he hits your little sack of coin and breaks off in unexpected direction. Uh, And he moves uh, 20 feet away from you into an alleyway and it is now your turn well, that's unfortunate for him if he only moved 20 feet because that is my speed so I am going to move 20 feet does uh, does that put me adjacent to him that will put you adjacent to him then I will scream something as loud as I can in orcish something akin to uh, fuck your mother and uh, I don't know why I uh... rolled twice but uh, 32 on the first attack. Because that's a crit threat? Oh, that is a crit threat. So 33 to confirm crit. Uh, that will certainly do it. Did you want to do that as an attack or as a sever? Uh, I mean, he's not really too concerned with it. That'd probably just be an attack. He's, All right, he's go probably ahead. extremely pissed that the guy got away the first time. Alright, go ahead and... Uh, make me, uh, your dam- or make me your damage. Uh, roll your damage. Uh, how do I make this crit? Uh, it remembers. Just roll your damage, it'll do it. Or, and like, if you want to do it the doubling way, whatever the first set of dice is, is what gets doubled. 47. Jeez, fucking! You just cut him in fucking half. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. That is uh, max 
two uh, negative max in one fucking hit. Then yeah, just kind of as this guy uh, like grabs his coins, he's just gonna run him down and just take this massive greatsword with both hands and just bam, drop it on him, just as hard as he can with his uh, undead strength. All right, so like a, a couple of people would uh, would have certainly noticed just from y'all pushing through them, where uh, like they're like, oh, a thief, ha 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 ha. Uh, but there's a couple of people at the mouth of the alley that sees exactly what you did to this guy, and they uh, they they look shocked. Go ahead and give me an intimidate check. Oh no! Oh no! Uh, Thirty-seven. They, they, in shocked silence, just back away from the alley, and and, and like take off into the crowd. Uh, after he kills the man, he'd pick up his sword and start cleaning it, and then just kind of give a sigh, so he no longer feels anything from that he really wanted to he'd lean down pick up the coins put them on his belt just start walking down the street again he would find that the uh birth he was given prior to this event slowly over time begins to widen even more but it seems that no one uh, seems to uh, have the bravery to uh, face him about it at this point. He's just going to start mumbling to himself about the people in the city being cowards. A cat approaches you, meowing. 23 to hit. Slam <laughs> attack. Uh, yeah. Yeah. 12 damage. You kill it. Stomp on a bitch. Just evil. So poor, poor little random street kitty is dead, and people make an even bigger berth around you because you did that in the middle of the street. (laughs) I mean, I just kicked it. I stomp on it. I just kicked the cat just a little harder than I meant to. You you kicked it dead. (laughs) Like its fucking eyes popped out. Like. It's like it got hit by a car. Okay. Is he still just wandering around waiting for somebody to steal from him so that he can kill them? More or less, yeah. That's really all he cares about at the moment. All right. Unless something all right. else would just pop out and go, Hey, here's something cool. Then that's really all he wants is to just kill somebody at the moment. So while you're walking the streets waiting for someone to come and fight you, uh, or more likely to come and steal from you so that you can kill them. <clears throat> Make me a perception check. God, so bad it does. Uh, 22. Alright, so go ahead and roll me initiative. Uh, 27. I'm really hyped about this thing that I, I haven't noticed. <laughs> Alright, uh... So you technically take your turn, but as being unaware and you're just walking. What's your AC? Or flat-footed AC? 
flat-footed AC? 24. Yeah. 24. Okay, so... Just, just fucking barely. Um, just So just barely, uh, you uh, realize that you have just been stabbed in the back. Huh. And... Is it a magic weapon? No, it's not a magic weapon. Eight damage... Uh, six of which is sneak attack, if it matters. No, because I have DR10 versus magic. Okay. So, no damage, as something stabs you in the back. I, I turn to look at whatever this thing is. You see a small goblin. Make me an intelligence check. Ooh, that's my best score. 21. 21. <laughs> it is not your best score. Um, so you, this little goblin seems mildly familiar to you. You seem to remember calling him a coward at some point, uh, as you slaughtered his village and he was running away. That sounds like something I would do. Uh, I'm just going to turn around, going to crouch down and look this thing eye to eye pull out the dagger out of my back, hand it back to him, and go, So you have finally grown the balls to face me? It was a short sword for him, but yeah. Oh, I'll pull the short sword out of my back. And then now it's his turn. Alright. Um, he's gonna kind of back away a little bit. Not not running away, but he, he's backing out of out of your reach. And he he's like, I, I learned how to fight you! And he, uh, uh, he, he begins speaking, and uh, with no one else particularly close by, uh, especially since this is broken out, people are like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, back away. Um, he, he makes motions with uh, the hand that is not currently gripping his short sword, and uh, I need you to make a reflex save. 19. 19, okay. So you take a whopping two fire damage as he casts Burning Hands. Okay, I will just stand there and take it. <laughs> sure you do. Uh, he's he's still uh, visibly shaking once again, but he, he puts his other hand back on the grip of his short sword. <laughs> uh, okay, I didn't, I didn't know you were immune to fire, but then again, neither would he. So, it's your turn. Okay, I'm going to slowly walk up to him, and uh, I'll be nice this time. I'm just going to punch him with a 26 to hit. Uh, yeah, that'll hit him. Only 11 damage, as I just kind of backhand him with the back of my gauntlet. So you backhand him pretty fucking hard. Uh, like, he, he's knocked back to one knee. He, he's not prone or anything like that, but he is certainly... Uh, certainly really hurt uh from that and uh let's see yeah he's he's gonna stick around and he's uh he's going to uh he's gonna shout damn you and uh with his one hand cast a cast a spell and his uh his short sword begins to 
spark uh, with electricity. Uh, and he makes the attack roll at you that, and even though you're wearing metal armor, he misses. Okay. Well then, uh, just gonna sigh, be like, Since you are not the one who will end my curse. I'm just gonna drop this greatsword on top of him. Okay. 28 to hit. Yeah, that will hit. Uh, 26 for damage. Okay, that will drop him. Uh, and yeah, that'll kill him, too. Does Goblin have anything on him? I forgot I didn't loot the last guy. I should have looted the last guy. Always looted. Uh, he, he has a short sword, some goblin-sized leather armor, and a uh, small spell book. Uh, I'll take the spell book. Okay. It is... It, it only has a handful of spells in it. Uh, several cantrips and about uh, five level one spells. Uh, yeah, well, I don't intend to use it. I'm probably going to sell it. So... Because mm. I don't understand all that nonsense. Fair enough. So with that... Uh, no one really, uh, even the guards kind of leave that one be because anybody who saw anything saw him sneak up behind you and stab you. <clears throat> he, uh, he didn't do so well. Uh, so people are just kind of no, stay the fuck away from you. Um, as rumor spreads of a man with a large sword fucking killing anybody who touches him. In big quotations, self-defense. Hey, the second one was legitimate self-defense, technically. That's, that's five. Uh, did, did I just say that's five? I meant that's fair. Yeah, you did say five. <laughs> that's fair. My brain is... Not, yeah, it exists. Um, Your brain is fived? Yeah, I bet it is. <laughs> My brain is fived, yeah. It's in fits. It's all those slicey marks that are making me smart. Uh, <laughs> Alright, so we fade away from that. From the fucking just blood spattered re refuse of a goblin in the street. And we move into an alleyway where there is a leopard, yes? Yes. Catnip is a leopard? Okay. Yes. Uh, leopard stalking through an alley, shortly followed by a uh, a little coriander. I don't think Catnip is necessarily seeming like she's on the trail of anything at the moment, but you, you both kind of move cautiously through this through this space given the population. Is there anything in particular Coriander might be doing or have been doing? Yeah, so um, I imagine that if they have ventured into the city, they've probably done so because their uh, food supply outside of the city has kind of run short. 
um, sort of a, a desperate maneuver for something maybe meaty or good to eat. Um, so they're probably hunting for some uh, prey, carefully hunting, because as you said, they're in the heart of civilization, but hunting nonetheless. I think while while I don't... Coriander doesn't actually have a scent quality, correct? No. Okay. I think, though, at the same time, uh, Coriander might be able to make a perception check. She might be able to do that. Maybe. Let's find out. uh, That's a 19. So even though Coriander doesn't have scent, there there is a telltale scent uh, that she picks up on uh simply the smell is strong enough for her to smell and she becomes aware of some sort of other animal nearby it doesn't smell like the piss of humans or dwarves regardless of how drunk they are it's too sort of sickly sweet for that uh go ahead and roll me a nature check okay 16. 16. Smells like rat, but not normal rats. You can tell that this is a big rat that you can smell. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. Catnip seems to be sniffing around, having caught a similar scent, but also seems relatively uninterested in the giant rat. I guess uh, beggars can't be choosers. So if uh, if Coriander has stumbled onto the trail of this creature, um, she she'll probably like uh, approach Catnip, pet her on the head, get her attention, and try to get her to focus on hunting the uh, smell of the rats. Because um, at the very least, she can start stockpiling food. Maybe kill the rat, throw it into her sack, and then uh, keep hunting for a little bit. All right. So you're able to get Catnip to pick up on the trail and begin stalking. She nuzzles through uh, the area here and there, uh, nosing about some refuse in one of the alleys. Uh, She makes a sort of a growling sound, and you would see further down the alley by a short measure uh, something shift. Uh, to which Catnip will immediately turn. Uh, And uh, so you you would see this big shift and kind of hear the squeaking noise of rats. And go ahead and roll me initiative. Okie dokes. Let's see here. Coriander has a 24. Are you doing uh, Animal Companions separately? Is that how you've been doing it for uh, Leaf? Not generally, unless it's unless it makes sense for them to have a separate initiative. Uh, they okay. will go on yours. That works for me. So, uh, essentially, the round prior, uh, what would have been a surprise round, the rat uh, took notice of a large threatening animal uh, compared to it uh, and uh, began to make for its escape. Uh, out of the alley towards the uh, towards the street um, uh, because it, it figures its climb would not be enough for a pouncing predator 
to uh, out, to outrun and pouncing predator. So uh, it is scatters towards the road, but it is still in the alleyway. Go ahead and make me a perception check. That is a uh, twenty-one. A twenty-one. So even with your eyes uh, peeled and locked onto the rat, uh, you still pick up in your peripherals uh, uh, that there is. Uh, something else in the alley not not like an entity or or anything like that there's just like something on the ground further up the alleyway in some sort of puddle and the smell of blood but it is your turn so by something up the alleyway in a puddle and a smell of blood is this like an object how big is this thing um it it's crumpled into a pile uh, kind of, or a couple of piles, really. So, she, like, for she doesn't have dark vision, right? No, no, only low light. Okay, so with her low light, she's only kind of, like, picking up, like, from the street, like, the glints that are kind of highlighting the edges of it. Uh, so it's not extremely clear, uh, but you can tell that uh, the bulk of whatever it is is kind of glossy and, and just... Uh, wet or something. Hmm. Interesting. And it's not, doesn't appear to be moving from what she can tell? No, it is completely motionless. Okay, and how far away is the rat? Uh, the rat's probably about 10 feet prior to that, which is about 30 feet from you. Okay, so... And probably about 25 from... Yeah. Great. Um, do we have... Uh, is there a straight line to the uh, large rat? Um, you would have to make me an acrobatics to move through some of the obstacles, uh, without it being considered, uh, difficult terrain. But I feel like, uh, given her experience and Katnip being a pouncing predator, that, uh, that would okay. be something you could potentially do. I got this. So, um, move action to hop on Katnip like a mount. Uh, okay, go ahead and make me a ride check since you're the same size class. I have uh, undersized mount as a feet, so she okay. can ride. Never mind. Yes. Never. <laughs> I've thought of this. So, okay, so she's going to hop on the catnip. Then her standard action, she's going to cast the first level spell Feather Step so that catnip can ignore difficult terrain. Okay. Um, and then catnip is going to make a charge. <laughs> All right. So catnip just uh, bouncing through the air on uh, echoes of solid surfaces um, charges toward this rat. Uh, go ahead and give me an attack roll. That is a 27. <laughs> that is certainly going to hit. Really? Wow. Okay. I didn't think so. Yeah. Your average dire rat doesn't have <laughs> makes you quite that high. That's uh, six points of damage plus a trip attempt. And that trip attempt is a 19. Um, I believe that will get it, even though they're four-legged. Let's see. 16 versus trip. So, yes. Um, it was, you said six damage? Yes. Okay, so you, you ha she has downed it, uh, regardless. Yeah. Um, they don't have a lot of health. Um, it is still alive, uh, so as a cat might do in the following round, if Coriander doesn't do it first, she would probably just bite down on the like spinal neck area and just finish it 
Oh, oh yeah. Like uh, Coriander hops off and helps Catnip like put an end to this uh, to the the rat, and then they'll just kind of like pull it back into the middle section of the alley. Okay. Uh, meanwhile, while you're much closer uh, now, go ahead and make me another perception. That's a twenty. Okay. So while still distracted with the rat finishing off dragging it away, you still find the time to look up. And uh, you notice now with a better angle for the light uh, that what is lying in a puddle of what you realize is now its own blood is a man split in half. Uh, so like uh, steadily trying to like as she's uh, steadily trying to fit that large rat into the sack that she drags along with her when she's uh, traveling She's just like staring at the man split in half and then like glancing down one end of the alley, glancing down the other end of the alley um, before uh, like lowering uh, her the, the sack she carries and uh, approaching the body. Is it like a clean cut in half? Uh, pretty clean. Uh, it's not like hyper precision or anything like that. You can tell that it's cleaner towards the top than it is in the bottom like there was obviously resistance mm-hmm. uh but it, it fairly clean there's no hacking or sawing at all just the deceleration of whatever caused it is the body relatively fresh uh quite fresh it's still warm still steaming technically still bleeding uh just through gravity though just uh, looping okay so then if she has found a location in the city that seems relatively like secure and away from prying eyes maybe even something underground or such um she'd prefer to go there but if not she'd probably try to um like turn the body into something easier to carry severing the limbs and whatnot and then like stuffing her sack to the brim with meat and attempting to leave the city with it all right so while you're busy kind of ripping this body apart um as stealthily as you can catnip proceeds to kind of like aside from taking a few minutes to chew on some face uh begins walking around the area sniffing they'll she finally on the far side of the body from where you first entered uh chasing the rat uh she she begins to kind of sniff around the ground even more and uh and kind of makes that uh that like chirping noise at you that means that she wants to hunt so i i imagine that uh by this point like uh, coriander looks up and is holding like this guy's arm after having like clawed through uh where it attaches to the torso and um to uh, try to see what has gotten Catnip's attention. Alright, so when you go over there, uh, it's obvious that they're uh, looking at the ground now, that there is a set of bloody footsteps uh, leading away from this corpse. Interesting. So... Yeah, um, Coriander is going to, I guess, uh, take what she can of the body 
um, what she comfortably can of the body. Right. And uh, uh, may- maybe like just to uh, get rid of some hunger pangs, take a take a few gnaws here and there. Um, and uh, Which, like, in- go ahead. Um, I I don't know if she would have any desire or use for it, but there is a dagger on on the guy. Oh yeah, why not? She's currently unarmed, so she'll uh, take the blade and probably have used that to carve through parts of his body. Okay. Yeah. So, um, just like uh, nibbling bits and pieces off this arm that she's carrying before stuffing it into her sack, she'll uh, um, go with catnip and encourage the stalk, at the very least, to see what's up out of a sort of cat-like curiosity, since she's stockpiled with meat at this point. Okay. All right. So, uh, leading the way, uh, once the marks of blood begin to fade, uh, catnip continues to follow the scent. People kind of like catnip's not the weirdest animal that might get brought into the city from time to time. Uh, but I feel like at the same time, they don't immediately notice you with her. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I feel like we're doing our best to try to avoid people seeing us. Like we're going as stealthy as possible um, through alleys and cutting across streets only when there's not a lot of traffic or a break in traffic. I think we both have pretty decent. Yeah, we both have pretty decent stealth checks because we're both small sized. So, yeah. And uh, so I feel like you cut across the street. She keep she catches the scent and is able to keep it climbing up onto one of the smaller buildings on the far side of the street uh, and she'll wait for you uh, to ascend as well as you don't have climb speed. No. <laughs> it'll it'll take a bit. Just a little bit. Uh, uh, Coriander yeah. has a plus five, so taking a ten to get up there is probably fine. Yeah. And then after the fact, uh, stalking across the rooftops, taking the occasional uh, few few uh sniffs around uh to kind of catch the scent again uh you make a you reach a certain point where catnip seems to uh stop and peer down at the road uh go ahead and make me another perception check i'm rolling pretty well 28 all right so with your 28 you look down at the road and you see uh what catnip is locked eyes on and there's a couple of people kind of scraping uh some small green-skinned person off of the ground who looks similarly split in half as the man you found in the alley and then there's just a small you can kind of see blood blood trail nothing like on boots this time uh, just leading away and quickly fading. But uh, people are kind of avoiding, save for the few people, like, taking the goblin off the street. Uh, people are kind of, like, giving that a berth. <laughs> so, uh, like, in my head, as you're describing this, I'm kind of picturing, like, we're, we're both at the ledge of a rooftop, right? And, like, Catnip's peering over, watching all this go down, and Coriander just, like, leans over the, the side of the building a little bit so she can see what's going on, too, but she's still gnawing on that piece of arm, and by this point has gotten probably 
most of the meat she's gonna get off of the good parts of it. Um, like half interested in what catnip seems to be doing, but more interested in like eating, I guess. <laughs> so um, if catnip wishes to pursue, this is fine. But coriander will discard the remains of her arm on the rooftop. All right, <laughs> this is just a random. Jim, what the fuck is that smell? It's been getting worse over the past few days. <laughs> it's a present. <laughs> She's just leaving food for the next person. Yeah, that's it. I'm generous. You're a shit hunter, eat this. <laughs> I'm actually a good aligned character. Coriander is just, you know, leaving scraps of food around for other people to eat. Take a penny, leave a penny. <laughs> Take from the living, feed the poor. It's great. So I think Coriander and Catnip continue following this trail until Catnip seems to eventually, Coriander would be able to tell, seems to be trailing uh, slower and looking more and sniffing less uh, as she stalks across the rooftops with you. Uh, As if she's like lost the trail, kind of? No, like she's found uh, a target but is not comfortable attacking it. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, Coriander is interested in seeing um, what the target of Catnip's curiosity is. So, Go ahead and uh, roll me another uh, perception. That's less good. That's fourteen. Fourteen. I think it would take you a few minutes of this to kind of like pick out the difference, you know, spot the difference from this section of road to that section of road. Uh, except you're spotting what's the same. And you see a rather sizable individual carrying a large sword with a couple of nasty blood stains <laughs> on it uh, that Catnip seems to be stalking a bit. And would Gareth please make me a perception check? Man, but I'm so bad at those. <laughs> and I would like both you and Catnip to make stealth checks, please. And I'll be giving you a plus six bonus for distance. 31. Okay. So, Coriander then... Uh, let's see. Coriander Oof. has a 32. Uh, Catnip, however, only has a 25. Is that with the plus 6 for distance? Yes. Oh. Yeah, Catnip did not roll well. I think Gareth would then, like, look back at some point, feeling like something was watching him, and notice a uh, a much more sizable cat than the one he uh, fucking curb stomped earlier or kicked. Uh, are they are they still on a ledge or do, are they down at street level now? Uh, they're up on top of a building. So he just sees a leopard on a roof. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, if I had a nickel. <laughs> I mean, he would just, he's just going to kind of look at that, more or less disregard it, but, like, <laughs> take note of, like, apparently leopards are on roofs now. Right. So I'd like Coriander to make another perception as well. He's going to watch and, like, he's going to keep looking, like, as he walks to see, like, is this thing following me? Or, <laughs> like, is this, did I just happen to walk across a leopard standing on a roof? Like, but he's not about to climb a roof to fight a leopard is that your weakness did i just find your one weakness 
Um, I mean, I have a climb of plus three, so it's going to be a pain in the ass for me to get up there. Oh, but you could do it. Okay. I mean, Fuck, it's steeper than stairs. He's, he's basically Claptrap. <laughs> That's good. Uh, did Coriander roll that other perception? Uh, she did just now when she got another 14. Total? Yes. Okay, so, yeah, you notice that the the person that Catnip is stalking looks back, but that's about all. Hmm. And remains looking back as they continue to walk. Neat. Well, if, uh, I think Coriander has the wisdom at this point to ascertain that this is probably the guy who's been leaving, uh, uh, meat in alleyways. So she'll, um, or probably try to seize the opportunity by, like, uh, I almost want to say she'll dump the rat in hopes of getting better meat down the line just to lighten <laughs> her load and uh, like look at catnip and not at catnip like yeah we're going to follow this guy to see what else he can give us and um, what I would like to do for stalking this badass with a great sword is uh, the, the hunter class like the inquisitor can swap out teamwork feats a few times a day so mm-hmm. I want to swap out my most recent teamwork feat which is precise strike into i pretty sure there's one that lets you take the highest stealth roll rolled between you and your ally so that's what I'm going to swap into for the time being stealth synergy whenever you and your allies make a stealth check you all take the highest roll and add all your modifiers so I think we will fade away from coriander and catnip as they stalk Gareth in hopes of him leaving an even longer trail of bodies. And we will fade into a rather beautiful woman uh, back on the main uh, thoroughfare in front of the academy. Thana, you were around uh more or less when the shit went down with the mechanical dragon. Uh, But what are you doing? Well, Thana is also hunting, but for a very different purpose. Uh, She would probably be sticking to areas of town where there would be less guards around. Is there a particular kind of prey you are hunting for uh, this this evening, this day, this whenever? Oh no, she pretty much hunts anything with a dick. All right. Fail. What do you ask? I mean, does she have any kind of preference right now? What's what is her whim? No, it's it's never it's never about preference. It's it's about who she thinks can uh can withstand. You know, the longer it is before the toy breaks. So you are you're attempting to size up uh, somebody who looks like they can handle themselves for a while. For a little while, yeah. God damn it, Chris. <laughs> Alright, so uh, go ahead and give me a perception check. A 17. Alright, so with your 17, uh, I think you single out a, uh, a target in the crowd having 
having become familiar enough with the point that they they tend to be uh pretty uh pretty tough and, and able to hold out longer on occasions a young dwarven man uh who is currently uh drinking at one of the tables in the street uh with a human man across from him that looks rather wavering in his in his uh ability to handle his alcohol okay um she's going to probably just walk up and sit down like she doesn't care if she has to push somebody else out of the way I'll say there's an empty seat. So yeah, she'll she'll go up and sit down by this dwarven man. Uh, they seem to be having, as one might find obvious, a drinking competition of sorts. And the dwarven man seems to be winning rather handily. She'll watch him drink until the other guy passes out. Okay. It wouldn't take very long uh, before the guy's Perhaps not completely out, but certainly uh, no longer well under the control of his own motor functions. And then a uh, charmed person on this dwarf. All right. It's going to be a 24 DC. Uh, is that uh, spell or spell-like? Spell. All right. Oddly enough. If anybody takes notice, no one seems to care. Uh, and his save is... Uh, he gets supposed to be a dwarf. Um, 16? The DC is 24. Uh, yeah, he fails. Yeah, that's what he's supposed to do. <laughs> Alright, he's like... Oh, hello, lads. How can I help you? Got a room? Well, I have a room, yeah, I got a room. Let's go play. <laughs> Alright then. No, I'm not usually in the elves and half elves, but why not? It's a fun night. And uh he will walk away with you. Uh, Wilhelm, go ahead and roll me a perception. Rolling perception, boss. That's an 18. And so the attractive uh, woman that you noticed going through the crowd before, uh, you followed her uh, while holding small talk with uh, Bartholomew. Yes. Yeah. And uh, you saw her sit down at a table across and down the street a bit. And you saw a little bit of a uh, glow of magic. And uh, then she and uh, what appears to be a dwarven individual from the table uh, begin walking. Uh, back up the road towards a nearby inn. Like, uh, 
at at the sight of magic being used, he he kind of sits up in his chair and leans forward on the table on his elbows. And as he's like watching him get up and and start to maneuver away, uh, I'm going to try and get this beautiful woman uh, in the network. Gonna right. try and bring her into the collective. I actually uh, re-looked at the formulas for my uh, DCs, and it should be DC 19. Uh, okay. We'll save to avoid getting into it. Yeah, I don't make that. So, uh, you just hear in your head, telepathy style. Oh, hello, Zaya. She, she uh, kind of look around and just mostly out of curiosity try to answer not knowing if it's going to work or not and she'll be like hi uh, go ahead and make me a perception Thana. 22 if it's any consolation Wilhelm yeah, Wilhelm is definitely not trying to be subtle about like he's leaning forward upright gaping smile yeah, I, I think she would be able to at least uh, catch sight of Wilhelm and uh, even if even if not able to absolutely verify that this is the person talking in her head certain that uh, he is paying far more attention to her than even uh, the rest of her more immediate surroundings who certainly uh, stop and stare at times. Yeah, he's, he's like making eye contact, and so you can kind of see him looking at you if uh, you spot him across the way. He goes, someone looks like Zaya being naughty. <laughs> Only when I'm awake. Where do you think you're taking that dwarven man? To his room. And then what? Well, see, I've got these really nice silk ropes, and then I tie them all down. And you have to start simple, otherwise they make too much noise and, and they get upset. But you work your way up. And eventually they bleed, and oh my god, it's so wonderful. Interesting. I am Wilhelm. Nice to meet your acquaintance across uh, this very busy boulevard. Are you going to come play with us? Nine. The show out here on the balcony is too wunderbar. However, I seem to be uh, in this city for a particular reason. I'm looking for people of certain predilections. And it just so happens you have piqued my interest. Now, I am here to keep your little secret. I've seen you casting the magic. That interests me. People of talent, especially such that saps the veil from random people. Now, you have fun with your toys. I will be here when you get back. Do join me for a drink, yes? Give me about two hours and we'll have a room. You know where to find me. <laughs> and... Wilhelm just kind of like sits back in his seat with a smug look on his face and 
not saying like a word to, to Bart next to him. He just kind of like smiles and clinks his glass to the man's drink and then takes a good long sip. Oh, did you see something interesting out there? I just have a good feeling. This is going to be a very interesting day. Yeah, things sure do seem to shape out that way. It's almost New Year, too. Party's going to be in full swing then. These types of events tend to bring out the most wonderful characters. I look forward to seeing who comes out to the woodwork. Hey, you know, you're right about that. It also brings out a bunch of weirdos, though. Just be careful. Uh, Wilhelm. Wilhelm. Vil Wilhelm? Wilhelm. Wilhelm. Can I tell you a secret, Bart? The W or a V? <laughs> a W. Thank you. Now, can I tell you a secret, Bart? Uh, sure, I guess. He just kind of leans forward and he goes, The weirdos that come out this time of year are my favorite. He just kind of laughs slightly uncomfortably. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess there are people that like to um, see the weirdos. <laughs> well, if you stay and drink with me for long enough, you're bound to see some. Well, you know, I got another beer or two left to drink, but then I've got to go make an appointment on the other side of town. But I thank you for the uh, invitation. I'll drink the rest of my drinks with you. Just clinks the glass and uh, goes back to his cup. Okay. All the while this was happening, the dwarf was still leading Thana along. Uh, he eventually come to an inn called the Silvered Pixie. It's a pretty nice inn, actually. Uh, pretty big. Five stories tall made out of black stone um, very while not decadent very high quality sort of place there's tavern cats though I don't know how much uh, you want to go into this uh, but basically when she gets him up in the room first thing is detect thoughts uh, try to catch a glimpse of precisely what he wants and play into that all right and then uh, she tries to make thing, things go her way. He seems to be an ass man. All righty. But uh, the the overall gist of it is he will get up tied down. He will end up with a spell cast on him that will keep him from obtaining orgasm until she says so. Oh. And just slowly build the pain. Um, while draining What's negative levels. Again? 24? Yeah, while draining negative levels from him. You would have to cast it twice. Okay. That's fine. It, it, it doesn't take very many negative levels to, to get this guy. Uh, and uh, he, he kicks uh, the old bucket shriveled up little raisin of a dwarf because he killed him with negative levels. Yeah, she's just going to shove him under the bed. <laughs> okay. Uh, 
That's housekeeping's problem now. Right? <laughs> All right. So I think before too long, Wilhelm, uh, are, you would still be able to contact. What's the range on that telepathy? Or is there any? It's it's the same range as like a long range spell. So it's like 400 plus 40 per level. So like 600 feet. Okay. So yeah, you're only probably about four 400 or so feet away uh, at that balcony. So y'all still have uh, telepathic content. If I start hearing like moaning through the telepathy, I'm cutting off contact. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm like putting the full like telepathy server on mute. You don't want to listen to that? No. No. <laughs> I may be many things, but I'm not a pervert. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, do either of you make first contact after that, or second contact? I guess. Gross. Well, uh, yeah, she'll go back out because he did tell her that she knew where to find him. Try to find my way up onto this balcony. It's more like a raised veranda than a balcony, but it's close enough easy enough to access it's part of a bar that's on the second floor so yeah she'll she'll just kind of walk up to him and look at him ah wonderful to have you back this is bart a friend of mine bart who was just getting up to leave having finished his his third beer after kind of like looks up and his 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 jaw kind of just slacks a little bit more than it already is like oh uh, hi hi miss (laughs) hello do you want to play you can see him strongly considering it, but then he like shakes his head. Uh, no, nah, I, I got some business to attend to, but uh, uh maybe later, hey? Always. Yeah. Well, uh, well, uh, Willie, uh, Miss, I'll, I'll see you all around. Good day to you. I feel like Wilhelm's just like he called me Willie. I'm going to kill him. <laughs> I, I, I think he is more caught up in in the moment of like the potential recruitment here. So he says, well, it seems I have a spare seat, if you don't mind uh, a few drinks. As long as they're strong. Yeah, sets up to the uh, waitress, don't you think? You must make a good first impression. And uh, so he'll, he'll just kind of, you know, gesture towards the seat and kind of like hold hold out a hand, like, you know, prim and proper, grab the wrist and go for like the back of the hand, peck on the, the hand and stuff. Oh, that'll make her giggle. So it, it seems uh, that the, the woman has left without her friend. Mm, I guess technically he's still in the room. Did he survive the experience? Oh no. The uh, predatory look in your eyes strikes me as uh, someone in particular I would like to uh, get to know. You should see Coriander. <laughs> <laughs> All in due time. <laughs> I'm here for the party, so I suppose I'll be here for the duration of this. So many people in one place make for good hunting. I certainly agree. Also, I'm curious. Uh, one who spends their time partying doesn't exactly have much time to learn the arcane arts. Where did you learn such a thing, such as uh, the enchantment magic I saw you use? Mm, I guess you could say I inherited it. Ah, ha, ha, ha. And so, uh, 
You're just here to roam the crowds and predate on the populace? Oh yeah. I mean, life is supposed to be about having fun, isn't it? Indeed. I think it's uh, the contrast between the high and low moments is what gives life most of its flavor. But what do you do once the party is over? Uh, head for a new town. Find new people to play with. Interesting. Now, I've, I've spent uh, many a day traveling about the land. I've met many interesting people. And I'm thinking we might have some uh, interests in kind. Do you see what I'm getting at? I thought you didn't want to play. Oh, no. Not for me. Uh, I am a vessel. Uh, I'm an enabler. I see I see people with this potential. And you have quite a bit. Now, it's my hope that we get to know each other. So you can help me? Is that what you're saying? I can do that in quite a bit more. And, you know, I, I'll, I'll just kind of... Uh, do, do that thing where he's like gesticulating in the air and uh, so I, I'll uh, just kind of like cast animal affinity on uh, Thana. I, I'll basically cast, um, what, what is it, Eagle Splendor, the, the plus four charisma. Oh shit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, plus four charisma thing on you and uh, let's see how to what, what manifestations this thing has. It's got um, material, and so you can kind of like see like a, a shimmer in the air a little bit, and then like maybe the condensation in the air just kind of visibly like settles on surfaces nearby. Uh, but but then you've got like this this rush where you get that plus four to your charisma score, and uh, he says yes, I have many strengths. I can pull on people. I can make it better. And for uh, certain unsavory individuals, I can take them apart by pulling the same strings. But I like you, Senna. You have potential. We have alignment. And I, I think perhaps traveling together, finding these experiences in these towns might benefit the both of us. Well, it is typically safer to uh, be in a group oh something tells me you haven't had to worry about safety for quite some time <laughs> not when I, not when I'm in this form no but I think I can harness this potential bring you uh, to new heights and see what sorts of fun we can dredge up from the peasantry the people of these towns and uh i do like being high and he, he just kind of uh like reaches for his hip and you see he he pulls out this like super like high quality because like I'm, I'm, do, do you carry your cat of nine tails around with you oh yeah it's it's right there on her hip at all times yeah, and, and so he just kind of like unbuttons like one of the buttons on his 
his coat and he pulls out one as well but this one's definitely not like the fun cat of nine tails um this one's got like hooks and stuff on the end he says uh now i'm on the lookout for uh similar individuals in the town i understand uh you have a need for toys as we spend our time in this area uh but it would do me a great service is if uh, you were to find such individuals in the area to point them in my direction, yes? I can do that. So the hope is to find uh, a, a group of, uh, what's the word, synergistic individuals, bring us together and create something magnificent. <laughs> okay okay yeah i can do that good now i think there are some shows going on in this street if you find anyone that you should desire all you need to see is ask huh. let's go hunting then shall we let's like reaches into his coat, slaps coins down on the table, knocks back the rest of his drink, and like buttons his coat up and replaces his cat of nine tails on his hip. Let's go hunting. With Coriander stalking Gareth, Gareth literally just wanting anybody to pull anything so that he can kill them. And together, Wilhelm and Thana setting about in search in, in search of weak-minded individuals. That is where we will take our break. And then we will return as the good guys. Hi, this is Tracy, the voice of a deer. I would like to take a moment to tell you about a new podcast. It's called Dustrous. We have a pre-colonialism Native American, a Old West gambler, and a modern day teenager from Detroit. Dropped off in a brand new world full of magic and absolute chaos. I am the DM. I will try to wrangle them and guide them as they make their journey across this world and maybe learn some new things and right some wrongs. If you like high magic fantasy, this is definitely a world for you. You can find us on Twitter at Dustrous Podcast, and we hope you join us there and in the Discord. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. My name is Don. You can find me do other tabletop RPG podcasts over at HexgridHeroes.com. I'm currently rebooting a Starfinder campaign, and I'm the voice of Pokemon trainer Cory in Pokemon Seichao. Over there, I also sit down with a couple of my friends and we discuss how a horror movie can be used in a haunted house setting. If you'd like to hear me talk more about horror movies, I also do a horror movie review podcast over on the Necropodicon Network.
It's right there in the name. How to Survive a Horror Movie, where we talk about movies like Legion, Hush, and Quiet Place, and we talk about how the people in the movie could have survived this better, and what would be our perfect sequel. That's all for me for now. You never know I'm going to have another project, so follow me on Twitter and Instagram, at Don Buley. Hey everyone, thank you for listening to this episode. I'm Brian, I run Action Forge, a tabletop RPG YouTube channel where we dive into all sorts of topics. If you want to learn more, head over there and check it out. Also, if you want updates on all my various projects and some awesome tabletop RPG memes, go ahead and check me out over at Twitter where I'm at Action Forge. You go into a mining settlement called Fillmore's Crossing. It's about 30 miles outside of the control zone. Do y'all know what the control zone is? Of course we do. Oh, of course yeah, I know naturally. what the control zone is. I mean, control, like, of course we know what the control yeah, zone is. You guys, zone you guys probably the, like the zone. I fucking hate both of you. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Some weird stuff's been going on in Fillmore's Crossing. We just got word that three days ago, Elma's wife, she tore the three kids limb from limb and doesn't remember doing it at all. Sounds like it's like the, the Wild West out there. <laughs> LCP D&D is an actual play D&D 5E podcast. Our current adventure is set in the Wild West and features magic, orcs, vampires, and an all-original soundtrack. Listen in by searching for LCP D&D on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, and CastBox. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and even hang out with us in our Discord server, LCP D&D. If you'd like to become a patron, you can find us on patreon.com forward slash eldritchdream. We have a bunch of rewards for Dustress and Aeterna involved. You can also join us in the Hive, that's our Discord, linked in the episode description. You can also find links to our Tee Public, where we have tons of designs for various types of merch. Hit us up on Twitter or Discord. We love to hear from everyone and enjoy making new friends. And until next time, everybody... May the Elder Gods haunt your dreams.